Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Jota, Dundalk, and Cavan. Order your new 221 Renault today from our extensive Renault range. Guaranteed delivery and low-rate APR finance. Visit blackstonemotors.ie. I'm just thinking about what's coming up over the next couple of hours and I'm smiling. We have a lovely Friday late lunch for you when I tell you that Rick is here. Yes, Rick Cronje will recommend a couple of lovely wines for the weekend and beyond. It's Book Club Friday with Margaret Madden, her first of the year. She's a book of the month and she's picked crackers besides, I promise you. We have wonderful classic comedy. Oh, you love this, I promise you. Our competition on Friday. Can you identify the TV show theme that we're going to play for you a little bit later on? David Sheehan does the sport. And, of course, all we need is you. You're welcome to the show. Lovely to have you with us again today. If you want to join in, don't forget the usual numbers. 086-1800-658, WhatsApp or text. Or you can call us on 0419832000. And we begin today by taking a talk about capping it all off to lovely Lanzarote. And why are we going there? Well, I'll tell you why. Because in the Sunday Times at the weekend, spotted a fantastic story about a young woman called Eva O'Brien who has moved to Lanzarote and relocated her workspace there too. And she's getting on absolutely great. And she believes that others could do it too. And she's on the line. Hello, Aoife. Hiya, Jerry. It's great to be Hello. here. Hello, Aoife. Hello, can you hear me okay? Yes, I have you done. Just because Louise is after saying something to me here there. Is it Tenerife or Lanzarote you're in? It's Tenerife. Yes. Tenerife I'm in. Yes, it is Tenerife. It is indeed. It is Tenerife you're in. I knew that all right. Beautiful Tenerife. Anyway, what's it like there today weather-wise? Well, I, I, you know, I don't know. I'm kind of like, do I, do I try and make people jealous? It was gorgeous this morning. It's about, on average, about 21 degrees every day. But there is, has been a, a spot of rain now this afternoon. So Okay. Um, yeah. Ah, so we could not, live. All the time. <laughs> yeah, we could live with that. I'm sure even exactly. that's for, for certain, even though the weather, I have to say, has been beautiful back home here for January for the last few weeks. Well, 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 you're an intriguing woman. And when I read about you, I said, I have to try and get hold of her. And of course, our Louise did track <laughs> it down. Tell us your story uh, uh, about the reloca- relocation or why you moved. Yeah, um, I suppose there's, there's a, a couple of different reasons to that, Jerry. I uh, I work for myself. I run my own business called Happier at Work. And remote working is something I talk about an awful lot. And I thought the opportunity came up to move to Tenerife. Now, I haven't permanently relocated here. I thought I'll do a recce. I'll head out for a month and I'll see how I go with being able to work somewhere that is warm and sunny and get away from the winter in Ireland and... That's sort of what prompted it. A friend of mine was going over. She invited me to go along and I thought, why not? Let's go together and, and try it out for a month and see how we go mm. with with working. Now, she's an employee. I run my own business. So see how I got on running my own business from here. See how she got on with being able to work remotely um, as an employee, you know, with, with dealing with her team and all of that kind of stuff. Um, so, yeah, we just said we give, we give it a go, see how we get on. And um, here we are. I've got a week left now. I've done three weeks so far, a week left, and then back home to Dublin. But you've been able to function absolutely perfectly. It hasn't, you know, impinged on your way of working or what you do whatsoever. This is working no. fine. No, it hasn't. And and I think, you know, we, we talk an awful lot during the pandemic about the idea of remote working, about hybrid working and I think 
the pandemic really sped up the, what we refer to as the future of work. The future of work really is here now. Mm. And it presents this wonderful opportunity for people to be able to work wherever they choose to work, uh, whether that's, you know, at home, whether it's in the office or whether they can take a trip somewhere and be able to work from there as well. And I think the, the key for me is I've got into a bit of a routine since I've come here. So I get up in the morning, I do some yoga, I um, I make my breakfast, I do some brain training, and then I get stuck into work for a couple of hours. And then on nice days, now this, the last week hasn't been great. It's been kind of cloudy a lot of the time. Um, but mostly head down to the pool for a couple of hours, um, relax. And I can, you know, if, if there's stuff I can do on my phone by the pool, that's no problem either. You've got the roaming, all of that kind of stuff. Mm. So it's no problem to use the phone. Um, and then come back and do a few more hours in the evening and then just sort of relax um, like you might do at home. There's not a huge amount going on. Um, you know, we're in a kind of a quiet area here. But I suppose the key is to, and what I did at the start was I set out, like, what do I want to achieve while I'm in, while I'm in Tenerife? Here's a list of everything I would like to achieve and break that down and say, right, so in week one, I'm going to do this, week two, week three, week four. And I, I, it's, it's easy to get distracted by, you know, the busy work, the kind of stuff that you don't really need to do. Yeah. Um, but I think with limited amount of time, so if you reduce the number of hours that you're working, you really have to focus on what are the outcomes I'm trying to achieve here and prioritise your time. Um, but it's really great to be able to have that flexibility as well. I think flexibility is key going forward and, you know, I've been reading up about what's going on at home, about the discussion around the right, the right to request uh, remote working versus it shouldn't be just a right to request remote working. It should be a right, a right to actually have remote working and, and for it to be a real consideration for people. Mm. Especially, also, especially, I have to say, though, Aoife, in, in jobs where it can be done, because there's certain jobs, you know, if you take hospital staff, staff in, yeah. in, in, in stores and supermarkets, that they have to be where they have to exactly. be, you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 definitely. And factory workers, yes. and people working in labs, and, yeah, yeah. Like that. and even, even yourself, Jerry, I don't know where you work in. <laughs> well, home, I was, you know? I was, Aoife. I was at, I was at home in, 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 in my little bunker for seven months in 2020, <laughs> doing the show remotely, talking to you. Yeah. I'd be at home talking talking to you as I am now back in studio. So I was able, even able to uh, avail of the fully remote aspect of it. But I'll tell you yeah. one thing, Aoife, about just while we're on that, and I'll come back to it again. My listeners know this. I found it tough, you know, on my yeah, own, yeah, day yeah. in, day yeah. out, in, what, yeah. in this job here. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, absolutely. And, and this is it. It doesn't suit everyone. And again, you know, I'm kind of listening to what's going on out there in the marketplace. Some people can't wait to get back in the office and the socialisation and... Mm. Just seeing people in person and interacting with the team, it's so much easier than over the phone or over Zoom. Um, but other people, they can work remotely. They have the discipline or they have the, the, you know, they just have the desire not to want to go back. And they might have the circumstances because, let's face it, some people are working from their bedrooms and working in their living spaces rather than having an actual separate office, yes. which makes a huge difference, I think. Mm. Um, and myself included, like in Tenerife, we're working, essentially, we're working on the kitchen table here in Tenerife, but mm. I have a very much similar situation back in Dublin. So it's not hugely different for me. Yeah. Um, but certainly, like, having that separate space, I think, would make a big difference. Yes, and, and, and that is a very important point to make. So can I say this was sort of an experiment of yours that you wanted to see how it would work? You said, we'll do a month in Tenerife yeah. and see how that goes. Does this mean that you'll be wandering around the world working from different places? It could. Well, I have to say now, I, I do like Tenerife. I've been here several times before. Yeah, It's a really nice place. I speak the language, uh, which always helps. It's good food. Um, the rents are kind of like, you know, and, and, and in the article in, in, the, um, in the Sunday Times, I said the rents, because it's short-term rental, it's kind of comparable to what you might pay for a short-term rental in, or for a rental in Dublin, mm. at, you know, um, back at home. Um so, I mean, I would happily come back to Tenerife, but I may try going other places as well. I think that the beauty of this, it's the same time zone. And again, someone commented on, on I did a post on LinkedIn, which is how I think Louise found me, um, that someone said that working in America, for example, she found it difficult dealing with clients because of the time difference. Yes. So, you know, Tenerife being a similar time and it being warm when it's, 
Well, you're saying the weather was lovely at home. Mm. Oh, well, it's mild. It's mild for January. January. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's mild for January. It's nothing to write home about, and it's about to change now. I'd swap with you any time. A couple of things come to come to mind, Eva, as I speak yeah. to you, and, and people listening to this. Is it really something for somebody who's single? It's not a family thing. We mentioned some of the jobs and roles are definitely you couldn't do it at all. But what about yeah. your status, your relationship status? Yeah, no, I am single. I've no, um, nothing kind of holding me back in Ireland. I don't have kids or anything like that. Uh, what I will say is that a few people did comment on that LinkedIn post that I did and said that they'd done the same thing with their kids in tow. So mm. it's definitely doable. Um, you know, not having had that experience myself, I can't comment on it, but I know other people who have done it. So it is definitely doable. I suppose the, the, the logistics around school and things like that might come into play. Or maybe someone might choose in the, to do something like that during the summer. Yes. They go. And it doesn't have to be somewhere warm and sunny. Like, again, another person commented saying that they would actually prefer to be somewhere in the mountains. So they have the opportunity maybe mm. to go for hikes in, in the middle of the day or something like that. So... Um, it's whatever you choose yourself yes. really yes oh, the world of work has certainly changed and the, these two years and all the technology that's facilitated remote working and to see that jobs can be done it certainly changed for good now come back to you and the being the founder of Happier at Work I'm going to throw a quote back at you you say most people are unhappy and disengaged at work do you believe that? I do yeah absolutely well the statistics show and there's a Gallup survey that they do, and it says 85% of people are disengaged or actively disengaged at work, which means, and that's a global survey, that means only 15% of people are actually engaged at work. Um, and I suppose for me, everything I stand for is is challenging that and changing that. So working with organisations to create happier working environments through looking at their values proposition, looking at uh, employees' needs and how they're being satisfied at work, looking at leadership equity, looking at belonging at work and whether people feel like they really fit in or that they belong where they are, that they feel like their strengths are being utilised. And then from an individual's perspective, focusing really on understanding themselves, growing in self-awareness, like what what do they really want from work versus what they think they want from work. Mm. Um, Yeah, so I I work with both individuals and organisations and it really is about challenging that. You know, I think work, you know, and I, I have my own embedded beliefs, let's say, as well, where sometimes you, you think, oh, well, if I'm enjoying something, I shouldn't get paid for it. And I enjoy what I do. And so that's a kind of a block for me. But if people think that work is supposed to not be fun or that work, you know, that's why they call it work. Um, and I think, Jerry, with you, it comes across in everything you do that you enjoy what it is yes. you do and you're happy, you know. Mm. But not but, but people seem to think that work is work and you shouldn't enjoy it. Mm. And, you know, if they, if they have that mentality, then, you know, it's about challenging that and saying, well, work actually can be something that you really enjoy and you get a lot of fulfillment from. Yes. Um, Yes. Oh no! Look, I'm you're 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 saying all the right things. It is so true. I am laughing to myself. You've confirmed something I've always suspected. Fifteen percent of us is keeping the other eighty-five percent going. I always sort of had that in me mind, to be honest with you. Anyway, uh, I'm only being facetious there. But look, at the other thing is that is so true. And you know, I've worked in roles and jobs that weren't particularly. Uh, challenging our rocket science yeah. and you know what sustained us I'm just thinking about this here the crack we had the fun yeah, we yeah, got the, the work people, done the you know people. what I mean yeah, with enjoyment yeah, yeah. even though it might be it's something you know you couldn't say you absolutely loved yeah 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 absolutely yeah and there's different aspects to it I suppose and like I've been in jobs similar to that uh, myself Jerry. where it's like the, the work like you say not that challenging not that interesting but the crack that you have with the people who work there is just brilliant. And sometimes that's the reason people don't leave. They're, they're not feeling challenged at work, but they're having such great crack with the people who are there that they decide to stay. In that scenario, it only takes one person to leave and then it's kind of the domino effect then. And, mm. you know, mm, That's so true. And I've seen that happen as well in the past where, you know, there's so many cogs in the wheel and if one comes out, well, it can change the dynamic. But what do you say to people listening today who are in jobs who say, they feel like you actually have said most people are unhappy and disengaged. Mm. Should you? No, you can't. Look, at if you have a family or you have to pay a mortgage or that, it's not as easy as saying I'm out of here tomorrow. But should you be looking at, you know, getting out and finding a path or a place where you are happy and appreciated, etc.? Well, well, I think you know the answer from yeah, my perspective. A, That's the yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, I know. But it's not straightforward, though, is it? And, 
it's not straightforward, especially if you have, like you say, if you have kids and you're a family to support. Now, the other thing I will say is that I, I um, do some volunteer work with job care and one of the candidates there said to me, uh, I've always wanted to do this. I've always known I've wanted to do this, but it's too late. And he was, I think, 45. And I thought, well, <clears throat> he'll, he'll have another, He's, you know, let's say he's 25 years into his working life mm. and he'll have another 25 years to go. And when he thought about it like that, you know, it's it's finding that thing that, like, if you have another 25 years, I don't think I'm going to retire when I'm 70 either. I'm, I'm going to keep working as long <laughs> as I can because I enjoy what I do. So yes. it's not a case of, like, I get to 70. But it really, it is, I suppose there's a couple of ways to look at it. Yes, you want to maintain that same level of income that you have. But if you could maintain that same level of income that you have and be able to support your family, but you're doing something actually where you feel really fulfilled, that you feel like you're making a difference in the world, that you're feeling like your your strengths are really being tapped into, I think it makes the world of difference being happier. And even if you're earning a slightly lower salary, mm. maybe you can build that up over time. Yeah. But also, the like you can't really put a cost on being happier at work, I think. If you feel happier at work, it trickles into every aspect of yes. your life, into your relationships, into your hobbies and your social life. You just bring a much better energy to everything that you're doing. Mm. Oh, you're so right. Just before we finish, and I want to talk to you again, I promise you. Uh, <laughs> let, let me just, that's from the employee's point of view, but you talk a lot and I've been reading about you. You deal, you know, as you say, with individuals, but companies, employers, HR departments. Are, yeah. co- are companies doing enough? Are employers doing enough to facilitate what you're talking about for employees? Um, I think some of them are. Um, but I think a lot of them maybe are getting it wrong. I think the key really is to ask employees what they want rather than looking at Oftentimes what companies do is they, they look at other companies and they try and copy what they're doing or they're looking at like, well, what is, what, what's the company down the road doing? When in fact they should be looking internally to ask their employees what they need, to ask their employees what it is that they're looking for, what makes them stay in the organisation but also um, in, in kind of building on that, the, my entire approach to what I do is based on research that I did for my master's a couple of years ago, which focuses on values and the importance of what those company values are. Oftentimes, they say that their values are X, Y, and Z. It could be openness, it could be responsibility, things like that, but they're not actually living those values. So it's assessing whether the values are being lived, whether they know what the values are, whether, whether the employees are aligned with those values as well. But looking at employees' needs, so we all have um, unique, we all have needs at work for autonomy. So that's having a sense of choice or control over what it is you do and how you do it. Relatedness, which is what you're talking about there, Jerry, the crack, you know, the fun that you mm. have and, and the relationships that you have at work and competence. And that's feeling capable of doing what it is that you're doing. But we have unique needs as well that need to be met. And then the third element within that will be about strengths and making sure that you're capitalising on the strengths. And I did um, a, a survey on LinkedIn there a number of months ago, and I asked people whether they felt that their strengths were being, you know, whether they were working to their full potential. And it said that they're not, that, they, you know, there was 78% of people said they weren't reaching their full potential at work. So yeah. to me, that's, you know, the talent yes. exists within the organisations if the organisation can just tap into that talent that yeah. currently exists. Yeah, no, oh, look, terrific uh, points you make there. I have to come back to this. Check this wonderful woman out. Happier at work. Eva O'Brien on LinkedIn. Enjoy your last week in Tenerife. I have green in me eye with envy. We'll talk again, I promise. Thank you for joining me on the show. Thank you so much, Jerry. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye. The wonderful Eva O'Brien on Late Lunch. Margaret Madden coming your way shortly on Late Lunch with our first book club of the year, her book of the month and more besides. Uh, But this Friday on Late Lunch, like every Friday, we have a wee competition for you out there. Yes, I have something nice to send out to one of you. And uh, we're playing themes from uh, TV shows and tracks that are synonymous with favourite ads on television. Today, it's a TV show, so I want to know which TV show is this the theme from?
one of my favourite TV shows of all. I watch it regular. Do you know what that uh, theme song is? Let me know, please. 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. And we'll pick somebody before the end of the show. It's time to talk books on Late Lunch. Don't we love them? And each month we're joined by a wonderful lady. She loves her books. She reads loads. She reviews all over the place. And she's our great friend. It's our bookie book, Margaret Madden. Hello again, Margaret. Hi, Jerry. How are you doing? I'm really good. Thanks for joining me on the show. Well, let's get straight to business. You have selected your first book of the month, for 2022 and you've gone with a debut author. I have um, and a thriller. Um, You know, sometimes you pick these up and you're like, I'm I'm going to be able to guess the end straight away, you know, and you're kind of flicking through going, "Mm, I know, I know who did it. Um, But this one was different. This one had me going right to the end. It's called Her Perfect Twin by Sarah Bonner. And this lady, I see, she worked in finance and other jobs for quite a long time, but always had a dream that she'd, she'd write one day. And really, the pandemic <laughs> made it happen for her. She's gone down this road and you are mightily impressed. Tell us uh, the premise of the story. It involves twins, doesn't it? It does. Um, Megan and Leah, and they're identical twins, um, which are rare enough. You know, they are literally identity, uh, identical in every way um, when one of them was when they were born, they the father put a tattoo dot on one of their ankles mm. so that even he'd be able to tell them apart. <laughs> um, so basically, the story centres around Megan, who discovers uh, she lives with her husband Chris, um, a, a regular life. She herself works in in the cor- in the corporate world, um, whereas Leah is the complete opposite. She's an influencer, you know, so she gets paid thousands to be seen in certain restaurants and bars and. Mm be wearing certain clothes and, you know, it's all, all social media around. But Megan, going through her husband's phone, not intentionally, it, it actually just lights up and she looks down and there is a photo of, of herself lying on her bed in this um, kind of fancy blue underwear. And she's looking at it and she's like, I don't have that underwear. I, I, the, hang on a minute, that's not me. It must be Leah. Mm. So you can imagine, uh, you know, the picture is taken in her own bed. So she realizes something is going on and she decides she will confront Leah, who she hasn't spoken to in years. Mm. And the meeting ends up um, in murder. So um, Megan kills Leah Mm. and she decides rather than kind of own up to what she's done, that she will pretend to be Leah for a while until she figures out what to do with her body. No wow. thing just goes crazy. It's just fantastic. It's this roller coaster ride of what? Seriously? And you're just saying one more chapter, you know, one more, one more. And I just read it all in one go. Oh, there you go. You couldn't put it down. Yes, I've I, I've been looking at this, and and they say it's an incredibly clever book. The twists and turns. Mm, it is, and and Chris, the husband, um, you learn from the very beginning. He's controlling narcissist. He's just awful. Um, so really, not only is it like a, a thriller, it's a story about power play between uh, husband and wife, but also the power play between sisters. Um, because you do go back a little bit to their childhood to mm. see, you yes. know, where they formed their personalities. Excellent. I really enjoyed this. It's a, a fantastic first book, isn't it, from somebody, you know, first time out and, and yeah. to uh, be receiving reviews from yourself like this, that you would actually select it as your book of the month and say that you couldn't put it down. And it's one yeah. of the most uh, intriguing. And you just didn't know. That is it. That's the big thing about it. You you have read so many books. You nearly can make your way to the finish. Not with mm. this one. No, it, it was throwing things all left, right and centre. So if anybody you like, say, Harlan Coben on, on Netflix at the moment, those kind of five-parters, this is what I could see this being, one of these big TV events um, that every episode throws something new in there and at it ends with, I can't believe I have to wait another week to see the next one, you know, that mm. kind of way. Um, as a book, it is amazing, but it would also really play well on TV. Okay, Um you know, there's a, there's domestic abuse here, there's violence, you mentioned murder in it as well, so just be aware of that it is, all that is included in there uh, yeah. b- between there's the... Co- dro- there's kind of blood drops on the cover, so I don't oh, there think you it's going to be under there you go. Yes, doing. yes, yes. So there, we're away for 2022. Margaret Madden on Late Lunch Book Club selects Her Perfect Twin by Sarah Bonner 
first time author making her debut. It's absolutely brilliant as her book of the month. So we're off with our books of the month and it's in there. One of 12 now. Now, let's move on to your next selection. And... uh, this book is, is quite different, if I may say. It's called Girl, Woman, Other by Bernadine Evaristo. And look, you take up the story. It's it's about uh, Britain and, and, and black British women. Yeah, it's so it's interconnected stories um, of black British women. So kind of each chapter tells a different story, but there is kind of a link through them, even though it's through different generations. Um, so there's 12 characters. Uh, they're in different locations and in different decades. Uh, for example, you have Amma, who's a lesbian playwright, who kind of opens with the opening of her play. Um, you have Morgan, um, who's non-binary, late teenage, kind of depending on the internet to navigate the world of gender identity. They don't know what the right pronouns are. They don't, you know, they're they're really learning. What they're learning online, and some, some of the things they're learning are wrong. Mm. So she needs to she finds somebody in a chat in a chat room. That, that will help her and guide her through without being snappy and judgmental. Um, you have Shirley, who's a teacher, who she just feels invisible in a world of male dominance in the workplace, you know, as a teacher. Now, this is going back to kind of the 80s, yeah. uh, the 70s, 80s. And you can, you know, even in the staff meetings, women's voice are, aren't allowed. It's all the men talking over her. And she's just so freaking frustrated. Yeah. Um, so it's a book really, um, not just about race, but about, feminism and gender um, its place in the world and acceptance um, and there, as I think other reviewers have said they're voices that you don't normally read in fiction you, you very rarely get to, to read the black British woman's voice mm. and I absolutely love reading uh, new voices so it was fantastic for me, very powerful book Another big question in the book is how can a woman incorporate a relationship with a man into her feminist life? That's a timeless and age-old question, isn't it? And that, that yeah. raises its head. Well, each chapter, you know, there, there, are, there are obviously men in the book and each yeah. chapter, chapter you see how the women are learning to find their voice, learning what feminism is and also realising that, you know, the old feminist thing of burning the bra and then with men, it's, that's not feminism, you know? Mm. Feminism is about equality yeah. for both men and women. Mm. Mm. Yeah, well equal, said. Equal, equal, equal. Yeah, well said, Margaret. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I was intrigued that you picked it because it is, I suppose, it's... Um, what what, what am I trying to think of here? It's, a, it, it, it's different, this book, isn't it? It really is. Um, it is. It, it's literary fiction, but it's not... It's not RC as I call some of the literature. Yes. It's very readable and very enjoyable. And I actually listened to it on audiobook and there were different voices, different actors played different voices, which made it great. You kind of were nearly feeling the character. Mm. And again, that's one of my borrow box ones. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's the, you, you talk about a book that has, of course, love, joy, imagination and all else yeah, thrown in there as well. And there's a grand finale, isn't there? We better not go there, will we no, not? We, leave the, we, we better leave that to the reader. Do you know what? I think it'll be a perfect read for um, a, a, young, a young woman, you know, somebody who's confused themselves about um, gender identity and what we're supposed mm. to call people and, and getting it wrong and scared to ask questions. It will be a great read for them as well as for us adults. Yes, yes. And I have to mention that uh, this book was written over a six-year period and she's an extensive writer, Everisto, and she's pulled all yeah. that between the covers here. Girl, Woman, Other by Bernadine Everisto. Highly recommended by Margaret Madden. Now, may I say, we have two more. We have your classic, but before that, we have another uh, brilliant fiction work uh, by uh, Drew Davis. This was my favourite of your picks this month. Yeah, it's kind of Eleanor Oliphant-ish. Yes, yes. (laughs) It's called With or Without You by Drew Davis. It's a really touching story, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's something nice, something to just pick up in the evening and just forget what the crappy day you've had or whatever, you know. Um, It's the story of, uh, well, Mr. and Mrs. Dixit. Um, They're a mixed race uh, couple living in London. And um, Mr. Dixit is a taxi driver, Naveen, um, and he has a terrible car accident and ends up in a coma. And poor old Mrs. Dixit, uh, Wendy, is just not able to comprehend what this is at all she's like to the nurses how long is a coma and they're like well what do you mean she's like well how long will he be in the coma and they were like how long is a piece of string like we don't know and she just can't cope 
She's never lived on her own before. They're a very self-dependent, quiet couple who don't mix. And she just finds herself really stranded at home. Um, they had a late marriage. They've no kids. They don't talk to their neighbours. But then all of a sudden, she does start talking to her neighbour, her upstairs neighbour, um, Mrs. Rampersad, I, I think. I can't remember. Yes, it is. You're right. Mrs. Rampersad, yeah. yeah. She's a big, boisterous Caribbean woman who is not afraid to speak her mind. And she is hilarious. So the two of them, basically, <clears throat> they go and visit um, Naveen in the hospital all, all the time. All right. But then they go on kind of road trips and, and expand Wendy's social world and her experiences like she brings her to the airport to watch the planes taking off and landing so she can shout and scream if she wants to and you know she um, encourages her to spend time with her very young nephew and mm. they do little things together it's a wonderful gentle book mm. really really sweet um, and I was actually surprised that the author was male I, I kind of felt it um, he did a very good yes. job of capturing the women's voices. Yeah, I, I think after uh, uh, finding out about this one, and it's cer- certainly one I'm going to get and read uh, through, I'll be looking for his other ones, Dear Lily uh, and The Shape of Us. Uh, there mm. is two previous works. But I have to say, it, 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 there's, a, there's a, a lesson in this. And as you said, they kept themselves to themselves, hadn't spoken to the neighbour. And when he's in this coma, she's left alone. So she has to reach out and she does. That's the thing she about does, it. She yeah. does, and things go a little bit awry yeah. when um, mother-in-law uh, turns up, um, mm. the, the Indian mother-in-law who, who doesn't speak to her at all, and they arrange to have Naveen taken from the hospital and brought to the mother-in-law's house, mm. and Wendy can't see him, so herself and the neighbour go on and like a a recce to go and see how they can break in and it's very funny. <laughs> I, I, I love this one I have to say and I'm delighted you picked it. With or Without You by Drew Davis is another of Margaret's recommendations and you finished today as you have been with us for some time with an absolute classic. You're going back to 1815 December when it was published. Yeah, um, and I know I'm always talking about Jane Austen, but this has now just been re-released on Netflix, so I thought lots of people might be interested. It's Emma. Yeah, Emma Woodhouse, uh, one of Austen's most captivating and vivid characters, Margaret. Yeah, annoying. I find her annoying. (laughs) (laughs) There you are, one man's meat is another woman's poison. (laughs) Yeah, but I just love this one. It's, it's, you know, um, it's been remade so many times in both modern form and in its classic way. The new Netflix one is just glorious. The scenery, Mm. the colours, the music, everything, and the actors. So Emma is a wealthy, uber-confident young girl, and she loves to meddle in people's lives, especially in matchmaking, you know, Mm. back in the time. Um, you know, to have you have to have a husband. Basically, that's that was it. So she lives alone with her father, and um, their next door neighbour pops in every now and again, uh, Mister Knightley. Um, you know, she's oblivious to how attractive she is to him. Yes. She, she is, and you can kind of see it. But you know, it's a classic story. It she is. befriends a seventeen-year-old. Harriet, who's kind of an orphan, she's unknown parentage, but Emma's convinced that her father must be somebody who else, he must be a gentleman. And she begins to kind of groom or mould her to be prepared for marriage, and she starts picking out men for none of which Harriet's into at all, Mm. especially the young vicar. Um, And Mr Knightley becomes uh, an option, and I think... Emma gets a bit of a shock when she realises as things are, are, are pushing through that she actually fancies Mr. Knightley herself. <laughs> yes, yes. You know, um, looking at him on the telly, I wouldn't blame her. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Anyway, uh, Margaret recommending a classic 1815. Oh my God, when you think of it. Emma by Jane Austen on Netflix again at the moment and the book. Well, it's well worth picking up and reading at any time. You're great. Thank you yeah. so much as usual. Love your recommendations. We'll see you next month please God no problem I'll be listening in for the wine recommendation lovely they're on the way shortly thanks Margaret take care bye 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 yes Rick Cronje coming your way as well this afternoon with a bottle of white and a bottle of red and they are crackers late lunch LMFM radio we're going to have a good old laugh in a minute I love King of Queens and it's rerun at the moment on one of the comedy channels I, I watch it regular too and you know something It'd make a cat laugh. A classic comedy series from the US. You know the premise of it. 
Doug and Carrie are married and Carrie's dad, the goofy Arthur Spooner, moves in to live with them. And it's that dynamic that the whole thing pivots on uh, during the show. Anyway, this is a, a classic clip from King of Queens and Doug is at work. And if any of you remember, do you remember a thing called an answer machine that you used to have at home? You remember it? Answer machines. Yeah, they were a little boxy thing you put beside the phone and took the messages for you and you replayed them when you went home. But you could access them remotely as well. And you see, Doug is at work and he wants to check a message. He's looking for an urgent message. And he rings home. But unfortunately, the goofy father-in-law, Arthur Spooner, is at home when he rings. Hello. Oh. Hey, Arthur, it's me, Doug. What can I do you for? Actually, I was just calling to check the messages off of the machine. So just hang up and I'll, I'll call right back. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> Yellow. Arthur, didn't I just ask you not to pick up? No, you said I should hang up and you'd call right back. Okay, what I meant was I wanted the machine to get it, not you. I'm trying to check my messages. You want me to just check them for you? No, no, thank you, no. Last time you did that, you erased all the messages and our outgoing messages and unplugged the lamp. <laughs> just let it ring, okay? That's your world. I just live in it. Yellow. Arthur, what did I just say? I'm sorry, it's habit. Oh, well, do me a favor, break the habit, okay? I'm running out of freaking change here. Fine. some kind of sick little joke? I'm sorry, I've been answering the phone my whole life. You're asking me to undo 75 years of instinct in a moment. That is not easy. Just don't pick up. Fine, I'm going downstairs to lie down. Well, thank you. We're not here to take your call, so leave a message. Arthur, are you there? Arthur, I just left the house two seconds ago when you were there. Pick up. Oh, no. I'm not falling for your games, big boy. Arthur, come on, pick up. I, I think I left the oven on and the pilot light is broken. No sale. Arthur! Arthur, come on, man. I know you're there. Pick up the damn phone! Pick up the phone, old man! <laughs> oh, simply brilliant, pure genius and the late great Jerry Stiller who passed away in 2020 playing Arthur Spooner there. It's just classic comedy. Oh my God. Uh, anytime I hear it, it's just really clever the way it's done. Answer machine. Had you an answer machine? Do you, do you remember Louise answering machines? Had you ever an answer machine yourselves? I never no? had a phone. What? We never had a house phone. Had you not? Not till I was about 25. Well, do you know you what? Let's the lick thumbs there, as they say, <laughs> because we were the same. We hadn't either. But I remember when I worked with Aircom and uh, we, we start, when I started working, I told you, pen, paper and telephone, that's all we had, nothing else. A telex machine for messages. Then um, fax machines came in and then we were selling... What's a telex machine? this thing that takes in messages up till recently well relatively recently it was still accepted it was a legal document in terms of shipping in that telex um, the teleprinter you wouldn't mind, no, remember final score on the BBC the teleprinter and, and, and the soccer scores coming in it was that related technology but then answer machines came in Louise and we were selling them by the new time wasn't this great if you weren't at home they could leave a message for you on the machine and you, like Arthur there <laughs> go home and play it or ring into it from you Where know, you are, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Poor dog there, run out of cash on the payphone. But that was a big step forward. Answering machines, you, and uh, as oh long my. as you knew how to work them, I suppose. <laughs> as long as you knew how to get, and you didn't have a nuisance at home <laughs> <laughs> picking up all the time and taking the messages. But I remember the Panasonic. I remember selling when I was in in uh, Telecom America, selling loads of Panasonic. Probably massive money, were they? 
they you were. got them at the oh, phone. Oh, yeah, yeah, they were. No, no, they were expensive enough. And they were bulky enough as well. And you plugged it in a socket. The phone went in through it and that as well. And there was little tape in it. And you got your messages there. By God, those were the days. And we thought we were sophisticated back then <laughs> with the answering machines. But uh, when you see where we are today and where we've come, it's unbelievable. Yeah. Do I really have to play this one? Yeah. Do I? It's on system. <sighs> And me giving out yards go about get, our journey. Go, go get some water. But I heard, <laughs> I heard somebody was tuned into late lunch because he was giving out a burrito the next day. Yeah, wasn't he? He was listening to you. Piers yeah. Morgan went mad about her. He must have been tuned in. Not he, must impressed. Have, he, he must have got us online on the LMFM app and he heard me giving her jip. And Piers, good two man. Two grumpy men. No, we're two <laughs> Arsenal supporters. Piers Morgan follows Arsenal as well. It must go with following the gunner. So we're all there depressed at the minute. Two grumpy men. <laughs> I don't agree with him on everything but on this one I do yeah well here she is she's brilliant she's a wonderful singer and her music is something else but I just wish when she arranges a concert that she'd show up it's Adele and easy on me Late last year and late lunch, I spoke to Jean-Baptiste Letinois. He's one of the guys behind the winery, a new wine store in Navin. And we mentioned to our virtuoso of vino, Mr Rick Cronje, about the shop. And little known to myself until this week, Rick's been busy. He's been over there and he's brought back a red and a white just for you today. Rick Cronje, welcome back to the show. Thank you very much, Jerry, and uh, Happy New Year to everybody. And many happy returns to you. Rick, you're impressed by these people. I am, Jerry, and I, uh, for a very simple reason, in that it's a proper wine shop. When you go in there, you, you could just imagine that you're somewhere on the continent, on a wine estate. A lovely layout, the atmosphere is there. A very unique selection um, of wine, um, as we'll discuss a bit later on. Um, Yeah, it's it's so nice just to come into a shop, especially for wine and nothing else. Mm, So you are waxing lyrical. And we mentioned Jean-Baptiste Laurent Kobe is his uh, uh, partner in the business. But there's a a very knowledgeable person there uh, called Tony Call, and she knows her wines. She does indeed. A lovely lady, Tony. Uh, the pleasure of meeting her twice now. And she looks after the day-to-day running of the shop. And uh, any queries you have, of course, uh, you know, Jean and, and Laurent is there as well. But Tony will be there on a daily basis and she'll guide you through whatever you need. The important thing here is, and he told us about this, they only import wines that they know about from the Northern Hemisphere, France, Spain, Italy and Portugal, from small estate wines, uh, Rick, and you can see that coming through in uh, the selection they have. Absolutely, Jerry, and I think that is what makes it so unique. They have, uh, of course, they, they're both from France, you know, they've gone through from the vineyard, they've worked in, you know, top uh, class restaurants and now they're into the wholesale uh, business and it's from very small exclusive wineries they have very personal contact with the uh, the winemakers and I think that experience uh, that they have and that exclusive uh, exclusivity that they have that alone should uh, entice you to go and visit uh, the winery in, in Navan of all places. Mm, and they do at weekends provide little nibbles to go along with the wines if you if you like to enjoy a matching experience. They do. They do a charcuterie uh, board day with, with the wines and other wines if you're interested. Um, now, I think we've got a real gem here, uh, Jerry. As I say, you know, just purely wine. Mm. And and that's that's what... You know, wine lovers like myself, and I'm sure there's other listeners. That's what we're really interested. Uh, that that that's our interest as yes, wine. Yes, yes, and and something different as well. So let's get into the two bottles you've selected today and have been provided by the winery in Navin. Start with the white, and you're heading for Spain, and a beautiful grape. I have to say, I love it myself. The Albarino grape. 
the Albarino are beautiful, uh, Jerry, of course. You know, uh, Rias Baixas is the area where you, that, that's where you're going to find this grape. Um, it's the superstar. It's indigenous uh, to Spain and particularly in that area. It's aromatic. It's just absolutely beautiful. 99% of uh, Rias Baixas will be, you know, um, uh, planted with the albariño. It has a, a very cool growing uh, season and high rainfall, and you combine that with the soils, which is clay and alluvial. That'll give the minerality to the wine. So just a perfect, perfect combination that you have there. This is a 2021. Toroxal is the name of it, 2021. Um, and just, uh, yeah. It's beautiful, and and you really love this. And of course, where they are there, uh, they're beside uh, just north of the Mino River, and and the sea is not far away either. So as you said, there the whole climatic, the soil, everything comes together to produce this wonderful wine. It does, Jerry. Yep, you're absolutely right. The location is just north of the Portuguese bottle uh, uh, border there, and these grapes were handpicked. Mm. Now that tells you a story in itself. Why is that significant? It's significant, Jerry, because, it, as we just said, it's from a very small, unique vineyards. And when uh, grapes are hand-picked, um, it, it just doesn't get that mechanical damage you do with machines mm. and that. So the, the grape, the, all the properties in it, all the values in it is preserved. And, of course, it demonstrates the care that the winemaker is taking to produce the wine. Yes. Pale yellow in colour, I see that as well. What about on the nose and palate? Ah, here we go, Jerry. Lime, citrus, hints of apricot and peach. I really, I I, I took more time sniffing the wine than drinking it. (laughs) 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 That that doesn't sound right, does it? (laughs) No. But I, I understand what you're getting at. It really does grab you, obviously, on the nose. On the palate, uh, crisp, yes? It's crisp, but it's not acidic. Mm. You know, there's mm. a bit of mineral in but it's very fresh and it's lively, Jerry. And just going back to the nose, it's just quite complicated once it opens up, you know. Yes. So, yeah. yeah, you've got all these flavours coming at you. Beautiful. Yeah. Absolutely beautiful. Aperitif, you say, and also uh, fish pasta, vegetarian, because it is a vegan-friendly wine. And you do say, it is. do avoid greasy foods with this one. Yes, it wouldn't stand up to to, to greasy foods. Uh, uh, thank goodness I have very good neighbours. They always volunteer. Uh, we tried it. No, no, not for greasy food at all. <laughs> you need lean, lean food. Good. But look, it's, 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 we tried it and, and we wanted to just yes. to confirm the point. The point know. there. Now, onto the red quickly, and we're moving to France yeah. here. And this is a 2019, and it's a combination of one, two, three, four grapes. Beautiful, Jerry. You got Syrah, you got Grenache, you got Mourvedre, and you got the Carignan in it, you know. Um, now, when you see that, you're dealing with a, a very classy winemaker here to get four uh, varieties and blend them in. Yeah, it's the La Bergerie Le uh, Centenaire 2019. Um, beautiful. Absolutely stunner. And again, uh, close to the Mediterranean Sea, beautiful terroir there as well, mild climate, all combining to bring what you describe as a, a, a wine with a very soft tannin, but yet at the same time strong and mature. Difficult to get that, is it, Rick, really? Oh, Jerry, that's why I say, you know, when I saw the combination, I, 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 I we had to try it. It is, it is, Jerry, because, you know, the percentages need to be blended. You need to know what you're doing here. You know, you're going from a syrup, which, as we know, Shiraz is very strong, right down to the Carignan, which, you know, it wouldn't be a strong uh, grape variety on its own. Mm. But it all balances out. Um, and it is. It's it's such a beautiful wine. It just balances right throughout. Yeah. And uh, interesting with this one, and you don't normally associate with, uh, you know, uh, keeping wine, the vinification of it in concrete tanks. You're talking normally about barrels and wood and that. This is quite different. And And what's the significance of the concrete? What does it mean to the finished product? 
Yeah, what happens in concrete? Now, of course, years ago, that that wouldn't have been unusual. Today it is with steel tanks and, Mm. as you say, vats and that. It doesn't uh, impart any additional flavors. It's sterile. Mm. And again, um, just just again looking at it, looking at it here because I have a bottle. It's a deep red cover. It's not a, a color. It's not open yet, but I think it will be after what you're going to tell us here on the nose and palate. It's it's quite complex of uh, red berries and a touch of sweet spices that that, that you pick up on the nose. Mm. That kind of follows through on on the palate. Then you the, the strawberries and the cherries come through. Lovely hint of pepper there but it's so soft and a lovely lovely lingering aftertaste on it uh jerry now we often mention with white wine and you've done it frequently beautiful aperitivo you'll tell us if it's not but you're breaking new ground or very rarely you go this road when you mention the word aperitif and red but you are today i believe I, I would, without hesitation, uh, Jerry. This is a such a beautiful, balanced wine. Yes, it's it's you know you can feel the body in it, but it's not overwhelming. And I'm I'm just saying that if if you had uh, let's say a Shiraz, you would know you're drinking Shiraz. It's heavy, it's smoky. This is just such a beautiful wine. Um, and yeah, of course, with food, well, we'll be looking at grilled meats for it. But as an aperitif. Definitely, I, I I would I would take this one on. So just to uh, double back to the white, the white wine is Toroxal Alberino 2021 from the winery in Navan, and the red is from France La Bergerie La Centenaire. Um, have I pronounced that? Because I'm not good at the pronunciations. Pronounce that for me, Rick. La Ber. Uh, yeah, La Bergerie Centenaire. Ah, lovely, lovely. That's much better. La Bergerie Centenaire. I'll have to get the elocution lessons on the wine titles from you, Rick. Anyway, it's 2019, a combination of four. Now, the white is 1890 for the bottle, the the red 1650. Obviously, for listeners, they'd say, you know, Rick has brought us value in the past. I suppose they'd say that's maybe a little steep. But for what you're getting, for the exclusivity, the small winery, etc., well worth the money, Rick. Absolutely, Jerry. Look, we, we I, I remember when we first started, what was it, eight years ago coming up now, can you believe it? And we were we in the table wine class, you know, this is not table wine. So yeah. you're going to have to uh, dig a bit deeper. Yeah. And in any case, and I'm sure our listeners are, are very well educated in this, to get a good bottle of wine anyway, you'll be looking for a good 15, 16 euro in any case, yes. you know. Yes. Yeah. So, no, it's not far off the prices at all. And this is very unique, very classy wines. And I guarantee, listeners, you will enjoy these wines. It's worth the money. It's worth the trip. It's worth the visit. Well, Rick, we hang on your every word. The winery.ie in Navin. Check them out. They're on Trimgate Street in Navin. We thank them for the wines today. And we thank you, Rick, for uh, setting us on our way after the books with Margaret, the wines with Rick. Share sorted for the weekend, folks. Rick, thank you so much indeed. We'll talk to you soon. You will do, Jerry. Thank you. Take care. That's the wonderful Rick Cronje there, our wine man, with his recommendations for the weekend and beyond. Mary's been on to say, Jerry, back in the 80s, I worked in a doctor's surgery and they got an answering machine. We were talking about an answering machine a few moments ago there. No one would leave a message because they didn't trust the machine. You could see the same number ringing in time and time again, but they wouldn't leave a message. Eventually, they did leave messages, but they'd still ring back to check that you got the message. <laughs> it's not just something else. You see, the lack of trust in the new technology. My, oh my, they were innocent days, weren't they? They really, really were. Now, our TV programme theme. Let's hear it again there, Louise, please. It's not Downton Abbey, it's not Midsummer Murders, it's not Murder, she wrote, 
It is Grand Designs, yes. And the majority of you got it right. Thank you very much indeed for joining in the fun today. I love that programme, Kevin McLeod and what people do. It's simply, simply amazing. Anyway, Grand Designs, Sean Fagan, we have a wee gift for you this afternoon. You got it right. Thanks to everybody, as I said, who partook. And we will play another theme for you on Friday, next Friday, on your late lunch. Now I'm featuring soundtracks from movies and musicals this year on the show. I talk about them and play the songs from them. And this week, as you know, it's Top Gun. The movie soundtrack, which I'm featuring, has been certified platinum, listen to this, nine times over. On release back in 86, it spent five weeks at number one in the US album charts. And in terms of awards and the Academy Awards, the movie itself received four nominations with one turning to gold. Yes, it won an Academy Award for Best Original Song. And a listener earlier in the week uh, was on to me about this, and I'm, I'm still waiting for it, yes, and we have been waiting a number of years. You know, a sequel has been developed to Top Gun, and it's in the making since 2010. My God, 22 years ago. My, oh my, that is really uh, a, a, a long, long time. Sorry, 12 years ago. Mel Matz has gone mad. 2010 to 2022. 12 years in the making. And there have been many bumps on the road along the way, including COVID. However, after many false dawns, Top Gun Maverick, it's going to be called Top Gun Maverick, is due to be released in May of this year. Now, to conclude my week of Top Gun on the show this week, well... There's only one way to do it, isn't there? With this one. The song that won the Academy Award way back then for best song in a movie. It's Berlin. Berlin. Oscar winner from Top Gun. Take my breath away. Concluding a week of Top Gun here on your late lunch and we'll have another movie a musical for you next week after three on the show I was watching The Apprentice last night I love The Apprentice sugar oh my god almighty you wonder these people are supposed to be high flyers these young ones in business and at times you just scratch your head you really would that to do a fish thing last night <laughs> anyway it's intriguing I never miss it and it's going to be two Apprentice this year on BBC at the moment and there'll be another one later in the year in it's normal time and the run into Christmas it's great to have those shows back it really is final break of the day and week on late lunch and afterwards as we do always on Friday we're looking ahead to the weekend in sport and it's a big GA weekend with David Sheehan Friday afternoon late lunch time to look ahead to the weekend in sport and it's GAA all the way today and David Sheehan tomorrow huge game for Trim the Intermediate Club Championship semi-final and they're up against Ross Common opposition what do you know about the opponents? Uh, very little, Jerry. I have to be honest with you. Um, I was looking up and uh, reading up in a little bit there during the week. I mean, the thing that they both have in common here is that both sides came through very dramatic provincial finals. Uh, Trim overcame Clara in a really exciting game in Navan a couple of weeks ago, and they came. In, I think they were they were four point winners in the end, but that was really tight the whole way through that game. But it was real nip and tuck stuff the whole way through. Saint Folia's then actually an extra time got a last minute goal an extra time to win that that Connacht final by a point against Galway opposition so both sides coming through really dramatic provincial finals the game tomorrow on in the downs we'll have it live on the LMF from Saturday Sport as you know as you mentioned um, yeah it's going to be a tight one I'd say it's very little to choose between them you'd imagine you look, even looking at the, a bit of the betting during the week as well like the trim are slight favourites and they'll certainly have their tails up and they've a lot of very talented players Kevin Riley has done a great job with them getting them out of the intermediate grade and meet and now getting that Leinster title as well so you know Jerry, you'd, you'd have to expect I'm not going to claim to be an expert on St Follies you'd have to expect it to be really tight um, I'm just hoping that Trim will be able to get the job done and get over the line and you know emulate St Colin Kills in getting to an intermediate final and hopefully hopefully going one better than Colin Kills a few years ago and winning it Oh let's hope they do it it'd be fantastic for them to make a final and again just reminding you <clears throat> excuse me that game is on that game is on Saturday Sport tomorrow afternoon then it's into you on Sunday and the start of the National Leagues let's begin with Meath they're away to Galway in Division 2 Like most GA supporters I'm really really excited the National League is back water breaks are gone crowds are back you know we had the announcement last week from the government that you know things are hopefully on the turn but just to get the crowds back in 
at GEA matches and to not have restrictions and all that kind of stuff is going to be fantastic. And it really kind of puts things in perspective to the point where I'm not really too concerned whether Mead win or not on Sunday, relatively speaking, because it's just great to have matches back. But yeah, don't have a great record against Galway down through the years, Mead. Ironically enough, or funnily enough, actually, I was just looking at the fixtures there. Out of three of the last four times they played them in the league, Mead have scored 1-12, and in the other game they scored 1-13. So they're consistent if nothing else. But don't have a great record down in Galway. Galway won the FBD League recently in a little bit of form. Very hard to predict opening round matches, but I think I'd probably give the think I'd probably give the vote to Galway in that one. Just looking at the, the Meads record down in Salt Hill, it's not great, and it's going to be a tough one for them. So I think I'm going to have to give the nod to Galway in that one. I'm afraid. Into Division Three and Loud up from Division Four last year, second year with Mickey Hart in charge. Great expectation, but they're home, and again they have a tough opener against Leash. This won't be easy. No, it certainly won't be. And I mean, I guess again you're looking at these games early on in the league when it's very difficult to kind of call how it's going to go. You're not really sure what teams are going to be lined out. Loud certainly, you know, they gave loads of players opportunities in the O'Byrne Cup across those three games. Didn't get any wins. But the likes of Jay Hughes, for example, really looked like a shining light in the forward line. And he's going to be a big addition to their forward unit. You had Casey Byrne looking fit and back in form as well. So certainly the, the O'Byrne Cup, even though they didn't win any games for Loud, would be, was a useful experiment for them and a useful learning ground. Leash, of course, got to the final, were beaten by Dublin last weekend. And as I said, Jerry, at this time of the year, really having games under your belt is a really crucial thing. And I, I think Leash, having had the benefit of those extra couple of matches against Kildare and against Dublin in the O'Byrne Cup, I think they might just have a little bit too much sharpness at this time of year for Loud on Sunday. And I think they'll come out on top of that one, unfortunately. There you go. David believes we'll have no joy in the North East the weekend, but watch this space and do join him on Sunday Sport uh, for the action. It's live this weekend. Looking elsewhere and seeing with GAA, um, Kildare Kerry, well, here's an intriguing game, the return of Jack O'Connor. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see what kind of reception Jack O'Connor gets in Kildare. As people who follow the GAA closely will know, he, he departed that job last year in fairly acrimonious circumstances and then popped up as the Kerry manager a couple of weeks later. Uh, so I don't expect Jack O'Connor is going to get too many pats in the back from Kildare supporters when he when he comes out in the field on, on Sunday or on the sideline at least. Uh, but yeah, it's going to be an interesting game. Kerry, you know, it's a bit of a, a, a baptism of a fire for them in terms of a start against Kildare side. He'll be well up for it. And Kerry will be looking to prove a point after last year's disappointment. I think they'll be taking the league pretty seriously because most teams do, but Kerry certainly will be and they'll be looking to, to bed down a team for the championship. So, it's going to be a really interesting game. Newbridge will be rocking. It's a great little little venue down there. It's small, but it's very tight, and there'll be a packed house there, I'd imagine. And I wouldn't be surprised if Kildare just uh, sneak the points in that one, but it's going to be uh, certainly one to look forward to this weekend. And one other game before we finish, the dub show when the dub is played. There's always big interest. And after last year, well, people wondering, will they regain Sam again this year? This is the start of the road with the league. They had a good Auburn Cup, but again, it's a very experimental competition. Armagh, an interesting proposition, aren't they? Coming to play Dublin tomorrow evening. Yeah, certainly. And we talked about the number of players that Lowes gave gave a run to during the Auburn Cup. Dublin did likewise and had almost a different 15 out every other week. So, this game is on television. There's talk of, you know, possibly 50,000 plus of a crowd at it because our mass supporters are really enthused about this team that Kieran McGinney is putting together. Uh, and that promises to be a fantastic occasion, let alone the game itself. I think it'll be a tight one. You'd fancy Dublin to, to come out on top in it, but I think it's going to be a really uh, cracking game, a really exciting game. And as I said, if we get the, any, anything like the crowd that's expected in there, we, we hear that there's a lot of our mass supporters planning to travel down to Dublin for that game and maybe, who knows, make a night of it the way that things have been the last couple of years. So, that should be a really great occasion under lights in Crow Park. And what a way to start the, the new season in GAA. Oh, it's fantastic. And I reiterate what you said, isn't it? Great to have the games back. No water breaks. Crowds at the venues as well. We wish Trim, Meath and Louth all the very best the weekend in their respective fixtures. Until next Friday, David Sheehan, presenter of Sunday Sport. Thank you so much for joining me on Late Lunch. No problem. Thanks, Jerry. Yes, good luck to one and all this weekend. It is great, just to reiterate what we're talking about there and a sign of the times that crowds are back. By God, what a sport without supporters. It's nothing. It's the same the world over, empty stadiums and even watching the soccer on television where they had the the crowd noise running underneath to give a bit of atmosphere. But sport is about supporters and people getting passionate about their teams and the rivalries and the cut and thrust and uh, good luck to all starting out in the National Leagues uh, this coming weekend. Just let me phone beside me here. I had to upgrade it. Well, I upgraded lately. I broke the screen on my other phone, folks. Yes, smashed the screen. In a very strange way it broke. 
and I just checked I was due an upgrade so I, I've got my upgrade and I'm happy with it um, it's a, it's an iPhone and it's one of the newer ones as well and what I love about it you know what I love about it you used to have to keep putting in your password no no I just look into it <laughs> I just look into my phone's eyes and she switches on oh my god isn't it just so handy when you have a phone like that mirror mirror on the wall who is the fairest of them all? Don't answer that, or there could be another broken screen here in studio very quickly. Anyway, just a little ditty on my phone to finish off the week on Late Lunch. And we've had a lovely week, and thank you indeed, everybody out there, for your company and engagement with us every day. We do so enjoy it. And remember, over the weekend, if you want to send us a message or suggest a guest or have a story, late lunch at lmfm.ie. That's late lunch at lmfm.ie is the email address and myself Louise will pick that up thanks to all our guests who joined us during the week we do appreciate the company and a big thank you to Louise who uh, I couldn't do this late lunch without her honestly I really couldn't thanks a million Louise anyway that's it for another week on late lunch Eddie Caffrey is joining us now for wonderful music chat and more besides on his show so stay with us here on LMFM Radio and please God we'll be back on Monday 1.30 the final day of the month of January pay is on the way woohoo yes and late lunch on the air for 1.30. We'll see you then. Have a lovely weekend. Take care of yourselves. Bye. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Drada and Dogan Cabin. Order your new Dacia Duster or the all-new Dacia Sandero and Stepway. Guaranteed delivery and low-rate APR finance. Visit blackstonemotors.ie Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.